Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The List. My name is Brett. I don't think anybody can debate that I'm still reeling from last night. The other end of the tin cannon string is Jordan. Jordan, you were at the game. How are you holding up today? Well, if you could see my computer screen and could see that I'm looking up synonyms for the word hurt and synonyms for the word depressed, I think that would fit my mood just about now. Yeah. And I think um, uh, the, here, our here the top Zach one. is the same way. Yeah, Zach is, but I am injured. I'm damaged. I'm disabled. I'm incapacitated, impaired, a little impaired, uh, scratched, uh, apparently tingled, throbbed. I'm offended. Um, I'm mortified. I think mortified is a good one. Mortified is a very good one. Yeah. And, I also you know, have I also have the lyrics to Johnny Cash's "Hurt" on the right side of my screen, and I think that that's a that's a good uh, good comparison for me. For me, I was listening to uh, "Pain" by Three Days Grace earlier. I think that's uh, that's <laughs> accurate too, because I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all today. But for those living under a rock, the Dolphins became the first team yesterday. Think it's what is it? Seven hundred and eighty-eight games, something like that. Seven hundred eighty-eight games. First team to give up four, lose after a fourteen-point win with less than three minutes, I believe, in the game, and the opposing team not needing overtime as we lost by one point, twenty-eight twenty-seven at home to the Tennessee Titans. Jordan, Brett, um, let's, let's let's act like I you didn't already say that I was at the game. Uh, the Dolphins lost a 14-point lead. The The quarterback of the other team must have been Tom Brady, right? You'd think so. Was it Peyton Manning? I wish. Okay, Patrick Mahomes. Nope, it was a rookie quarterback that puts mayo in his coffee. Fucking mayo in his coffee. Yeah. You know, This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It is, and... It's one of those things that bad games happen. Good teams lose to bad teams every year. Dallas Cowboys lost the Arizona Cardinals this year. The Eagles lost to the Jets. Commanders have surprised some people. Losses will happen. But we so were the ones that didn't. We were the ones that hadn't done it. That was, the, that was our big claim. We don't lose to the bad teams. Yeah. The Titans were 0-6 on the road. They hadn't won a road game. Yep. And it was bad. And it's one of those things where I was going to say, if the Titans just were a better team, it would have been like, I would have been annoyed, but I've been like, you know what? These losses happen. You just get back up and go. If we would have lost because, and let's make no mistake about it. The injuries finally caught up to us and we'll get into that in a second, but I'm watching the game. And even before, the last three minutes. I'm watching and I'm like, Mike McDaniel is having, maybe not f- for the full game, but at least in the red zone, is having his worst play calling of the season by far. Um, then the three minute, last three minutes happen and I'm like, looks like the defense took their foot off the gas because they just let the Titans go down the field. And I'm like, okay, there's way too much time left. But then I told you earlier, Jordan, I see the quotes. First of all, you have Bradley Chubb come out and say, well, and I'm paraphrasing, well, when you have a goal in mind or in view, cruise control becomes human nature, and yeah, we probably took our foot off the gas, which means they took their foot off the gas, which pisses me off because you you can't do that. But even seeing quotes from Mike McDaniel, him talking about the what coaches and players were saying to him at the game, even seeing how Tua was, and I'm so used to Tua being more emotional and he was kind of lax after the game. I don't know about you, Jordan, but I get the feeling they just, they overlooked the Titans. They overlooked the Titans. Um, but I think it, I don't think it was specifically the Titans. Uh, I think that would have happened against anybody we played. Um, I think going up 27 to 13, kind of hid the fact that we struggled early in the game. We really, if you take out the muffed punt um, and the fumble right after, 
uh, or right around it. Um, I think that we look at this game, we're having a much different conversation, a similar conversation, but a different conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that we, yes, took our foot off the gas, but I think we were very undisciplined throughout the night. Uh, I thought Bradley Chubb was very undisciplined. I thought, and you can't blame it on coaching uh, per se because of what happened on the field. I thought Vic Fangio was undisciplined. I thought Mike McDaniel was undisciplined. Um, I, I think that we, we just, we showed a lot of flaws and with some teams you say, okay, this team needed that. We needed that to happen in order for us to kind of get back on the same page. Sometimes teams are riding high and kind of a loss like this, uh, puts you back to, to ground zero and you start working hard again. Um, but you don't like to see that happen with injuries um, and on a Monday night stage, uh, it felt like you, you, I woke up this morning a little embarrassed, to be honest. Oh, I didn't wake up embarrassed, but I definitely am glad I work from home. Um, I was up a lot later than I should have been last night, just seething. I got a lot of it out of my system, but I was still woke up and I've had a headache all day because of lack of sleep. I refuse to watch any sports TV today. I usually listen to to, to uh, podcasts on my lunch. So I take a, like a hike every day and go to like local deli, get a sub. I was listening to their Spotify music. I just wanted everything. I didn't want to think about this game. And it's just because, again, like a loss will happen. And let me let me stress this. I do think we got to take this week to week. I think we will be ready for the Jets. I do not have any reason not to think that. But just seeing everything I saw, it just... I don't know. Like, I've seen... I've seen games get away from Mike McDaniel because he likes to be too aggressive. But it just it didn't even feel like he was calling a normal... Like, a game like he normally does, especially after the injuries injuries picked up but then again at the end with the defense just shutting down i just i have no reaction so i definitely it's going to take a couple days to get over it but i do stress that i do think this is a one-week thing now it sucks to find out that connor williams tore his acl so that's another issue we got to deal with but it just felt like they didn't adjust especially when connor got hurt and when tyree kill got hurt which which is odd because I think McDaniel has shown he's fairly good at making adjustments in game, and today just was or yesterday was just not one of those days. It's what what's hard is that we knew this, and this isn't the first time we've had the Connor Williams conversation. Um, and I think that at some point when we deep dive the game, um, I'll talk a little more about Eichenberg um, and, and the fact that he. Uh, Really, not only the last play of the game that people will notice where he backed into Tua, not just on the snap issue, um, but there were multiple plays throughout the game, and I guess we could talk about it now, um, where Eichenberg filling in for Connor Williams. Um, There was one that sticks out to me that I can see in my brain ingrained. Uh, When I went back and watched the film today, uh, it was our second reverse of the game. We had the first reverse with Mostert um, to, if you were facing the direction we were going, to the left side. Um, and then the second one, you had A-Chan to the right side of the field. Uh, I think uh, I know exactly A- what you're talking about. A-Chan and, and knocked A- him over. And A-Chan on that play, A-Chan had, and remember, because you're seeing it on TV, I had the field view. And I actually had a buddy, because I had a good field view, but I had a buddy on the other side that had an even better, great view. And my buddy said that A-Chan had the angle. Not only did he have the angle, on the guy that was there to the side before he ran into Eichenberg. But A-Chan had probably about 35 yards ahead of him until the next guy with an angle to even possibly make a tackle. That was an explosive. That was a touchdown play that Eichenberg took away. In the red zone, fumble, Eichenberg. It, it's, and it's not, 
So we're, we're going to get back into the whole, is it Eichenberg's fault? Is it not? We're going to get into the whole cycle. We're going to have Larry on. Larry's going to say Eichenberg's great. He's a nice man. Stop ragging him. I don't want to go through that whole process. Yeah. This is more, this is to me, this is more on Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer. You know, Connor Williams is great. Okay. How many quarterbacks do we have on the roster? Three. Three. We have one fucking guy on the roster that can snap the football right now. How? How do you go through the whole offseason? You took your cornerback number five in the second round of last year's draft. You went out and got Jason Pierre-Paul. You went out and got Chase Claypool. Guys who aren't seeing the field right now. And yet you have guys on the field who literally can't snap the football? Yeah. Guys who can't get out of your running back's way in space? Like and that, even Connor Williams has snapping issues too. With his as great as he is as a blocker, he the snapping issues were with him as well. But so. that's that is a a failure. That's not Liam Eikenberg's fault. That's a failure to design a roster in a way that is conducive. Every team in the league has has injuries. Yeah, De- depth is just as important to winning a Super Bowl as some starting position. You yep. just need dudes. Duke Riley, I love Duke Riley. Duke Riley was god-awful in coverage last night. God-awful. You go back, watch the film. There were multiple times where Duke looked lost. Elijah Campbell, when he came into the game, it's funny because Elijah Campbell got onto my radar before last week's Washington game when I made the AI image and it had a 22 jersey. So I was joking. Elijah Campbell was he looked confused. Like, how do you go on to the field in an NFL game on a Super Bowl contending team and you're confused? Yeah. It's, it, last night was just inexcusable. It was lazy. It was sloppy. Like, if the Titans played well and went out and beat us, fine. Pat him on the back. Pat Will Levis on the back. Pat Mike Vrabel on the back. Y'all played well. Derrick Henry averaged two yards a carry. Yeah. Two yards a carry. And you lost? Like, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's sloppy. It is just not the Dolphins we've seen through 12 weeks. And I know that on our next show, we're going to get to talking um, about next week. Um, but I think, and somebody on our Discord said it today, and I totally agree, I think as Dolphin fans, we've been fighting this all year. I think we deserve today to kind of let off and be frustrated. I love the team. I I think we have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But I think in order to win the Super Bowl, you have to be introspective today and say that was bullshit. For lack of a better term, that was was pure, just simple bullshit what happened at the end of the game. Yeah. And I'll say this because we were talking about Eichenberg. I will say this. He has looked better as a right guard. He's looked... Competent, and I forget who I saw it. I saw it on Twitter today. They're like, "Good on him," but when you have depth issues and you've had injuries, and it was a freak injury for Connor Williams because he got rolled up on. Well, I think what happened is Kendall Lamb pushed his guy into his knee, so it's another case of one of our players hurting another a teammate, which seems to happen a lot. But as they said, if you know you have issue, like the answer should not be to create a hole at another spot. Like we've found Ike has, is able to be a serviceable back, backup guard this year. Why move him? So then we're bringing another backup in and Robert Jones, like people complain about Lester Cotton. Surprisingly Cotton from what I saw grade it. Well, he's not a good pass blocker, but he's a decent run blocker. Didn't, but, and I, I, I didn't write this one down, but just off the top of my head, didn't Cotton have a bad penalty near the end of the game? He had a holding penalty. Guy was ran by hold? him. It was late, yeah. wasn't it? I think it was the second drive, second to last drive. Um, but Robert Jones has not been good when he's gotten a chance. Kendall Lamb had his worst game of the year. And again, it, it doesn't matter who you are. When you have... I've heard this from analysts for years going to the college level, there is a shortage of good offensive linemen, not only in NFL, but in the college level. So having seven or eight 
offensive linemen who are competent on the roster is hard enough. We're down to ninth and tenth guys. But I do think at this point, especially with uh, Eichenberg out, whether you sign someone or, you know, at this point, you got to consider, like, look, Alama Yulave is on the practice squad. I don't think he's ready. But at this point, he knows how to snap a ball. So at what point do you say, yeah, he may not be ready, but he's actually a center? Because Tua has, what, 9, 10, 11 fumbles, but most of them are all because of bad snaps or snap communications. So at some point, you got to put an actual center in, don't you? Uh, you do, but it, it seems to this point that we're not going to. Um, so you got to work with what you got. I, I would love him to come up and, and get some snaps and get some opportunities uh, and have a, a legitimate center on the roster. To me, center is a position no different than quarterback. I feel like you should have a couple pure centers on the line. I, I, I think moving I think moving a guard to center, uh, I think allowing a guard to snap when, when Eichenberg or whoever it is has been snapping or hasn't been snapping all week. I think that's lazy. Like I, I think that's lazy. And I think that it's it's a fault of the team that I think the team needs to address going into next year. I think center, I think nickel cornerback is turning into one of the NFL where you need guys specifically for the nickel. Um, nickel guys can't eventually or just transition to outside, and I don't think outside guys it's easier for an outside guy to play nickel than a nickel guy to play outside. Um, but I digress there. Uh, I think that this team needs, whether Connor Williams comes back or not next year, because now we're, we're going to talk about this in the offseason, but it's looking like you could probably bring Connor Williams back Yeah, now. And he's going to miss a little bit of time. Yeah, he's going to miss some time. But you need to have, whether he comes back or not, you need multiple guys on the roster that can snap the ball. Yeah. No different than you have multiple guys on the roster that can throw the ball, that can run the ball. Fuck, you even have multiple guys on the roster that can kick the ball. Yeah. You need multiple guys on the roster that have the ability to snap the ball. And that right now is the thing that worries me the most that can keep this team from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I know people want to talk about the Tyreek Hill injury. He came back. Like, I, I kind of think that they were trying to get away with without him for a little bit, um, which in theory we should. But watching even, like, while Tyreek was out, especially when we got into the red zone again, five red zone visits, I think they said, and two touchdowns, that's not good. And, we refuse to run when in the five, and we have two running back at, at running backs averaging over five yards a carry. And some of the plays I'm seeing, we don't have the personnel for fades, so why are we running fades? The one person we have that could probably do a fade or a jump ball, it's Chase Claypool, who can't get on the field, and I'm fine taking a gamble on him. He was cheap. He's If it doesn't work out, which it doesn't look like it is, he's not going to be here. But at this point, when you're running, we have no red zone. When we have no red zone threat receiving, without misdirection or using speed, and I think that came back and hurt us too. Um, whether you want to say it's a big receiver, at which point give Claypool a chance, or with no tight ends, because again, I know Julian Hill and Durham Smythe are doing decent enough as blockers, especially in the run game. But again, last night just showed where whether it's a big body receiver or just a sure handed tight end down the seam that's holding us back too. It's it's so, but this is good. Brett, I don't, I don't know if you feel that way. Um, but I feel like if we were sitting here again today, <clears throat> excuse me, going, all right, we won another game, beat another team. We play the jets this week. Um, I, I think it would, first of all, it'd be a little boring. Yeah. Second of all, I think that it it's not that's not how you grow. It's, being perfect is not how you grow as an individual. Being grow being perfect is not how you grow in any aspect. Um, I think this game allows the Dolphins to look inside themselves. It's it's a tough lesson to learn, um, but I I hope that this is something we're better for rather than something we reel from. Uh, yeah. We're going to know very quickly against the Jets. 
We're going to know very quickly uh, if this is something. If we look like the team that played the Jets on Black Friday, <laughs> great. If we look like the team that played the Titans, not so great. Yeah. And I'm sure you saw, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but it came out. Mike McDaniel said today the players had a player-only meeting. Some people are freaking out because there's the J.J. Watt quote. If you're having a players-only meeting, you might as well book your January vacation now. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, Zach and I were talking earlier, and he said it very well, I thought, where a players-only meeting for a winning team is different than a players-only meeting for a losing team. And to me, I just think it was one of those things where they all looked in the mirror, and I have to admit, like, we can talk about the coaching issues, and again, the red zone play calling was awful. But we had a lot of issues just because the players didn't execute. Achan slowing down on a deep route that would have been a touchdown. All the unforced uh, penalties. Personal foul on our long snapper. Bradley Chubb slamming his helmet down, which was a four-point swing because we stopped him. They were going to go for a field goal. Instead, they get a 15-yard penalty and get a touchdown. Zach Sealer for delay a game for simulating the snap. Even when it's not a penalty. Jalen Ramsey not even paying attention to Derrick Henry in the pass game and letting him get 15, 20 yards right right there. It just, like I said, what frustrates me most is it just felt like the, the players were overlooking. This was the, hate to say it, but this was a trap. This ended up being a trap game and they got trapped. I don't, I want to think that they will learn from it, but that's what's frustrating is it's like you guys keep talking about how this is different how you guys have the same goal, and it just felt like they just expected to out-talent a team whose coach and Mike Rabel gets them to play hard every week. So it's just that's what's so disappointing to me is it just felt so avoidable. Yeah, it felt avoidable. And and so it's funny because early in the game, you were like, damn, all right, <laughs> like is this avoidable, is this not? Um, and then it seemed like we avoided it. Like, it seemed like for a split second we had avoided it. And then, boom, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and for those listening, you probably have noticed that we haven't really talked about Tua. I don't really have much to say about him, honestly. It's, it wasn't a good game. It was very mediocre. I just, I just didn't notice anything worth criticizing him for. Okay, there was one play where he clearly didn't get his feet set and he skied the ball over an open HN. But other than that, I just felt that the offensive line getting destroyed. I think I saw today that he was pressured on 35% of his snaps, which was highest in the NFL this week. Uh, and they only sent four people, most four rushers, most of the game. It just felt like the pressure got to him a bit and he just wasn't trusting his second read, which... You know, that happens to every quarterback. So if anything, maybe you say he just has to say someone's going to be there and throw it. But aside, if Tyreek's not healthy for the game, the only other person that you can really do that is Waddle. And him and Waddle have been off this year. So do you really trust someone else to step up? Or do you just kind of have to say someone will step up? Because Tennessee, that was the other thing for Tennessee. A lot of their stuff was, I wouldn't say Will Levis played well. A lot of his passes were just... He played well at the end of the game. At the end of the game, yes. But a lot of his passes beforehand were 50-50 balls that Tennessee was just getting, and we weren't. I agree. So that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, there's really nothing to talk about 2 for. Again, there's some debate whether he could have done more on the last play of the game, but I think he was pressured so quickly. And like you said, Eichenberg was pushed back. What can you say? Um other than the third down play, a screen to HN with no timeouts and under a minute left in the game was weird, which made them scramble in fourth down, which again goes back to McDaniel. But it's just like, yeah, what do you want me to say about Tua? It wasn't a good game, but I just think it was, that was the one where I'm like, yeah, the offensive line and Tyree Kill being out definitely hurt us there. Didn't help. <laughs> but like, what do you, what do you do from here? What if you're, McDaniel, like, what's the what's the next move? Like, what is what is it? 
that you do to right the ship going into the Jets game? So I've had a fear, theory for a while, and I think this is a – it's mostly a McDaniel problem, but two has been a, guilty of this too. So I think the coach and the quarterback are aware of player stats, and sometimes they get too invested in it, or situations too. I thought last year Tua was way too amped up to get the win versus San Francisco for McDaniel. And then I thought McDaniel was too amped up against the Chargers last year to make Tua look good because, you know, we all know how much McDaniel loves Tua. I thought that the game plan was too much to try and show Tua off against the Chargers, and it didn't work. And then the game plan this past year, this week one, was better. Then you go this year, Waddle's out for a couple couple weeks. Tua's trying to force him the ball against the Giants. It resulted in a couple picks. Got a touchdown, but a couple picks. I think one of the issues yesterday was, especially in the red zone, I think McDaniel was trying too hard to get to a touchdown, to keep his streak of consecutive touchdown pa- games with consecutive t- touchdown passes alive, and I think it hurt. And this isn't a criticism of Tua, but I think McDaniel has to get back to the basics, get back to running the ball. Because as much as we talk about the offensive line struggles in the passing game, they have proven all year, no matter the combination, they can run block. So I think you actually have to commit to the run game. And I think outside of that, you just have to go back back to the quick game. You got to try and get Waddle involved. You got to try and get Barris involved. I'm assuming Hill is going to play. But I don't think it's uncorrectable, even with the injuries on the offensive line. I just think you have to commit and realize we should be built off of the run first and then go from there. Yeah, I I think it's the thing that made me the angriest from the game, and we haven't even talked about it yet, is the Dolphins, I believe it was towards the end of the game, had six red zone plays. Six. Um, Do you know off the top of your head in the final six red zone plays for the Dolphins, how many of those plays they ran the ball as opposed to throw the ball? Well, for the last six, I'm guessing they ran them each time because those were after the the muff punt and the fumble, right? Uh, in the red zone, the final six times that the Dolphins were in the red zone, or maybe it, w- it was a span of six. I, I might have been looking at it wrong. Um, but there were two possessions – Six plays in the red zone where they passed all six times. Yep. That's an issue. It's it's crazy because I've defended Mike McDaniel saying that what I know about McDaniel that I feel comfortable about is that he's a run first coach. Yeah. He is a great play designer. Don't think anybody's disputing that. And even with the offense, there have been offensive line issues all year, and they've been able to make an, a very good offense work. But he does tend to get away from the run a little too much right now, and I think he's just got to go back to that. Stop trying to – I think it's. I think it goes back, and I love him for it at the same time. Like, you've got to realize you've changed the main narrative on Tua. Now it's time to win, and sometimes you've got to do that – by running. I mean, Mostert has, what, 16, 16, 17, 18 touchdowns now this year? He's more than anybody in the league. Yeah. And HN's probably going to hit double digits, too. And they're, like I said, they're both averaging over five yards. HN's averaging something like nine yards a carry or was going into the game. You got to go back to the run game. You got to. I'm still at this point now where I definitely think you've got to give Zach Ertz a call. You need a sure hand it. Even if he's not what he was a couple years ago as a blocker, you need that sure hand it tough, big body that will sit in a zone and you can guarantee we'll make a catch because we're not looking at Durham Smythe. We might look at him occasionally before we get to the 20, but in the red zone, we aren't looking at Durham Smythe. And we definitely, again, yesterday missed a big body. So you, I think at this point you have to give Ertz a call if he hasn't signed anywhere already. Uh, I'd say so. Um, I'd also like anybody that can snap the ball, but I don't think you can bring in a center this late in the process. No, at this point, I think you just you give Yalave a look. 
It just, I, I just think you have to because even, even Ike's said that he's felt more comfortable at right guard. So, would you rather have Ike at right guard where he's comfortable and he's been okay, than have him be inconsistent at best to be nice at center and then have Cotton and Jones because on either side of him because they've already said Hunt's probably not playing this week. Armstead should be, but Hunt's not. Um, you need you need to get you need to do something with that center position. I'd say so. Um, that's the biggest issue on the team going into this week. Uh, I think the second is um, figuring out that defense, uh, specifically the secondary. Uh, you didn't have a starting safety out there late in the game. And I think that was a big reason for a lot of the miscommunication. So um, I, I think that it, the Jets are a difficult opponent to have coming in uh, in a week like this because they can muck up a game and make a game physical and sloppy. But I think that this is also an opportunity where you're not playing an overly strong offense, although they look good against Houston. Um, and you should be able to to exploit it a little bit uh, and do what's necessary to win the game. Yeah. And I the one thing I do want to talk about with the defense is I saw a lot of people saying, how much we missed Jalen Phillips. And we did, but you got to say, Bradley Chubb should have had three or four sacks that game. He was getting a lot of pressure on on uh, Will Levis. But, like, so yeah, we do miss him. But the, the defense to me, like I said, the biggest issue with the defense to me was they just fell asleep the last two drives. They thought they had it wrapped up, and it cost them. Deshaun Hand was making plays during the game, so you can't tell me we're not getting pressure. Just you can't do that. You just can't do what we did and take your foot off the gas until you know the game's over. We we got to be better this week. We really have to. And at the same time, we should have won. We had a block. We had a block really? kick field goal, which I'm not going to put on Jason Sanders. There's three points, and we said Chubb being losing his head for two three seconds. Gave the Titans a chance at a touchdown, which they got, rather than kicking a field goal. So right there, there's a there's a swing that would have been the difference. In, that really is the difference in us being ten and three and nine and four. And and that at the end of the day is what's going to be the difference between us possibly getting the one seed. Um, and I saw people really falling off a le- uh, falling off a ledge today, um, saying we might miss the playoffs. Like that's that's the difference between the two, and it's it's a very small window in the NFL. It is, especially in the AFC. I think we're making the playoffs. I, like I said, you gotta take it week to week. You have to take this league. I also think we're making the playoffs. Yeah, I think we got ahead of ourselves. You and I definitely did. We thought we were gonna kill Tennessee. It's fine. Upsets happen. This weekend, I think, was weird. They said eight underdogs won in the NFL this week. So it's one just one of those weeks. I think we'll be back. I think the bigger thing with people falling off the ledge is the injuries. Now, in theory, Armstead should be back this weekend. No, we don't have Connor Williams for the rest of the year. Javon Holland should be back. Deshaun Elliott, I think they said, is in concussion protocol, so who knows. But we should be, we should be good. I say that. Kind of hesitantly, just because you don't know. But we do have to, like we said, the, the story is going to be what you do at center. Because, and this is not me trashing Eichenberg, but like you said, you just need you need an actual center to to make any type of run. And Agreed. I'll just go back. This is going to be an obscure name. Back in 2008, when we went to the playoffs with the Wildcat, we started Samson Satali most of the year at center, and when we got to the playoffs. We had plucked Al Johnson off of the street because he was the center with Tony Sperano with Dallas, and he started the games down the stretch and in the playoff and the wild card game against Baltimore. And he hadn't; he just came off the street. So sometimes you just have to make the tough decision. Sometimes you just got to say, "Look, we we need we can survive with one or two of Ike and Cotton and Jones in the game, but we can't have all three of them at the same time." So I'm trying to look right now to see 
Um, where would I find the current available centers in the NFL? Players so that we actually, can sign right now. Yep. So the, it was actually posted in the Discord today, so I'll read off the names. You have Chase Rollier, who was with Washington. Who, who didn't – he was with Washington. He's no longer with Washington. You have Rodney Hudson. So, um, now, do any of these players, as we're going through them, have any connections to McDaniel? Oh, uh, let's see. When was Rodney, McDaniel with the Commanders? Uh, that would have been about a decade ago because he was there with with the Shanahan's. Okay, so Mike McDaniel was with the Commanders uh, from 11 to 13. Royer's been with them since 17. Okay, so next. Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson. Let's see. Rodney Hudson has been with none of McDaniel's teams. No connection there. Ben Jones. Ooh, Ben Jones. Georgia or Alabama? Georgia. He's SEC guy, right? Georgia? Yeah, t- Tennessee. Ah, went went to Georgia from Alabama. I knew I knew there was something in there. Um Texans, Titans, no uh wasn't there another Jones that was a center that went to Bama? Maybe I'm crazy. Um There might have been. All right, Ben Jones is no connection. Who's next? Justin Britt. I remember the Dolphins were interested in Justin Britt a couple of years ago, huh? Yeah, I think so. Um Seahawks, Texans, no connection. Kyle Fuller. It was with Denver. All right. Kyle Fuller, Denver. Isn't that also a cornerback? Yes. Is there a center Kyle Fuller, too? Yep. All right. Denver, it says so. This, This one does not have a Wikipedia page, so he's... Probably no connection to McDaniel. James Ferentz. Huh. I wonder if any of these, though, have a connection to Butch Berry. But that's a... Who was the last one you said? James Ferentz. One of the sons of Kirk. I was going to say, any relation to Kirk? And the second thing on the list here is James Ferentz's wife. <laughs> um, I'll let everybody that's listening do their Google search on that one. Um, James Ferenc. He was with New he was England. A, he was a Patriot. Um, he was also a Texan. A lot of these guys were Texans. Uh, and a Bronco. Looking so here's around. the next one I think does have a uh, connection to McDaniel. And that'll be Nick Martin. Because I think he was uh-huh. actually drafted by San Francisco. Nick Martin was drafted by Houston. Oh. Has played for Houston, Vegas, New Orleans, Washington. Oh, I was wrong there. I thought he was with San Francisco. Uh, Matt Skura, who's with the Rams. So that's a possibility. But he was with the Dolphins, wasn't he? Skura, yes. He was with the Dolphins in 2021 for a little bit. I remember him having snapping issues when he was with the Dolphins. Yep. Then you have Josh Andrews. Josh Andrews. We're doing all this just for us to start Liam fucking Eichenberg for the rest of the season. Josh Andrews has played on a number of teams. Um, He has played on the Eagles, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Colts, the Jets, the Falcons, the Saints, the Eagles. And the last center they have listed is Sam Mustafer, who is with Baltimore. Ah, Sam Mustafer, of course. Um, let's see. Sam Mustafer, just Bears and Ravens. So um, if we're going by that old adage, there's nobody there that has a real connection to McDaniel. Um, but we, uh, we're, we're going to have to see what happens. I, I'd be shocked if we didn't bring in some sort of help. Yeah. If it was me, I would go at Rodney Hudson or Ben Jones because they are both former Pro Bowlers. They are older, but they do have the pedigree. 
So that's what I would think. Although today, don't know if you saw, we did sign Melvin Ingram to our practice squad. Yay. Need a center, though. Did we? We did. Uh, can Chase Claypool snap the ball? I don't know. He he might get his chance. What, what about Blake Ferguson? Didn't he get a penalty? What the fuck was that about? They just said he got a penalty for fur, uh, uh, like on sportsman likes. So they never showed the replay, so I have no clue. Long snappers yes, shouldn't get penalties. That's ridiculous. Yeah, they shouldn't. And long snapper, like the issue that there, Zach, is long snappers usually aren't actually centers. So when you put them as a offensive lineman, it's usually not. Yeah, good. I don't think Blake Ferguson weighs two fifty. No. Yeah, the other person, like I said, is besides Hudson or Jones, is Skura. Like, yes, he was with us before, but with him being with the Rams, he kind of knows the principles of the offense. And I think Justin Britt has played in similar offenses as well. Well, if he was with Houston, you got they have people from the Niners system as well. But I think I'm leaning towards you may want to give Yulave a shot. So you give him a shot, or. Um, uh, I don't know, but to go back to before, uh, Blake Ferguson, six, three, two forty. Great idea, Zach. Yeah, could happen. So I don't know what else to say about this game. Did you have anything else you wanted to add since you were there and it probably gave you a massive hangover? Um, that it did, um, for multiple reasons. Um, however, Man, at the end of the day, I, and I was talking to some friends today, um, and I don't know if I remember a loss that the Dolphins have had. And maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this means that I finally have high expectations for the Dolphins. But I don't remember a game that made me feel like this in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, it just made me, just made me miserable. And it's kind of tough to get over that. But take the day. Dolphins take the day to be grumpy. Heck, even take tomorrow to be grumpy. But as of Thursday, it's on to the Jets, and it's time to right the ship. Got to keep, like I've said before, got to keep that energy through the wins and the losses. Because I do believe that this is a different team. But to kind of segue that into putting someone on the list, Jordan... I don't know if you have someone you want to put on. I don't want to put anybody who's talked crap about the Dolphins on because uh, the Dolphins deserve to have crap talked on them after that game yesterday. Again, they they are the one in almost 800. So you're going to get crap. But there is someone we did not mention today, but we have talked about a lot. And I am putting him on the list. And I'm. it's actually a Dolphin coach. A Dolphin coach? Yes, so I am putting Danny Crossman on the list today. Because, well, I will not blame Jason Sanders for his miss because it got blocked. Crossman's special teams have been getting worse every year. Jason Sanders has gone from one of the best kickers in the league to no one knowing if he can make a kick outside of 40 yards. Jake Bailey is a liability as a punter. Like, I'm surprised if it gets 30 yards. He is not great. We have no return game. And Barrios is a good returner. But we have no, like I said, there is no threat on special teams. There's no good blocking. And when Barrios tries to run it out, there's usually a penalty. And we've been saying, basically since the Chargers game, almost cost against the Chargers, almost cost against the Patriots. Poor blocking on special teams that led to a block kick today directly cost us a game. Not the main reason, we will admit. Injuries, we can talk about that. Defense falling asleep, we can talk about that, as we did. Team overlooking the Chargers, we can talk about that. But when a unit consistently costs you points, like Danny Crossman's has, you can't overlook it anymore. So Danny Crossman, just because I don't want to put Fangio 
or Mike McDaniel for back, bad games on the list. I'm putting Danny Crossman on the list for having three straight bad seasons. Um, one of the things I was most like confused about headed into uh, this season, um, along with the pick of Cam Smith, which I've said multiple times, um, was the keeping of Danny Crossman. Um, I, I understood based off Jason Sanders' contract details um, and how tight we were on money that it was much easier to keep Jason Sanders on the roster this year, let him go next year. Um, Jake Bailey was one of the weirdest signings for me. Uh, I just didn't see that as, first of all, uh, a player we needed to spend any sort of money on. And, and second of all, with Michael Turk, was it Michael Turk? Yeah, Matt Turk's his, uh, what is it, his uncle? I don't believe it's his dad. I think Matt Turk's his uncle, if I had that correctly. I believe so, yep. Um, with Michael, who who I think had a booming a booming leg, I mean, I'd like to bring back in. Uh, it, it was just weird to me everything we did with the secondary, I mean, with the the special teams, and we also let go of a couple guys uh, that played very well in special teams for us over the last couple of years. Uh, some of those bottom of the roster guys, uh, and with a team like we have back then when we weren't good. I was frustrated that we were adding players that would be bottom of the roster guys um, and only be special teams guys. But now when we're a good football team, you almost want uh, those type of guys on the roster uh, that can help you win football games. Yeah. You just, we just don't have guys who can make plays on special teams when Campbell is your best special teams player. What's that saying? Because I don't really think Campbell's that good at special teams, despite getting that fumble, which was just Tennessee's return or making a stupid decision. But Yeah, I, I just think that you have to look at areas, and now that McDaniel's been here for two years, um, I, I think there are going to be a number of areas that they look at this offseason and say uh, these are, especially because most of the roster is going to be coming back, these are the places that we can improve. Uh, and I think special teams is going to be very high on that list. I would be very, very upset if we didn't go into next season with an upgraded special teams unit. And I would be very upset if we have Crossman back on the team, just because the special teams keep getting worse every year. I thought about putting our strength and conditioning coach on just because of all the injuries, but it just feels like most of the injuries have been fluky guy gets rolled up on. And I, can't blame the SNC coach for that. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. I mean, they got a lot of these guys playing at such high levels and in such good spots. It, it's tough to see these fluky injuries, um, and it's also tough to just see overall um, what has been such a good season look like you see the path to it possibly getting derailed. I think we have a, a very good chance to right the ship, um, but I think you also see uh, if this were to turn into another typical Dolphins December, I think Monday night opened up the window for that to happen. Yeah. But just to go back to special team for a second, we started it a couple weeks ago. We're starting to movement now, especially draft Tory Taylor from Iowa. Get the best punter in the country on our team next year. I don't care that he's 26 years old. How high of a draft pick would you add? Would you use on him? Oh, day three. I'm not taking. I'm not taking a punter day two. Okay. But you need. He's one of those things. There's a couple punters in college that. It's weird to say when you have a good punter, it's a weapon, and maybe it's the Michigan fan of me because we've had such good punters under Harbaugh. But when you know that you can just punt someone and put them back inside the ten with a good defense, it is such an awesome feeling, and we need that yeah. with the Dolphins because we do have a good defense. We just don't have a good punter. But those are ways that decent teams or good teams become really good teams. Yep. And I think that that's how teams win a Super Bowl when they have every single spot clicking uh, in January and February. And we just don't right now. Um, yep. there, there are holes. Uh, as optimistic as we want to be, and you're going to hear me get back to my optimistic self 
on our next show. But I, I think right now the holes and what will derail the season are there. You can see it. It's clear. Um, and you just got to hope that McDaniel, that Tua, you, you got to hope that Tua can overcome that. Um, we see quarterbacks get into these strings late in the season um, where they overcome the problems of the team. I would love to see Tua do that. But I think McDaniel can help alleviate that uh, simply really by running the ball more um, and yep. focusing on the run, focusing on clock control, um, and focusing on keeping the ball uh, and, and doing things to gear this team uh, to win football games. Yeah. Uh, did you have anybody you wanted to add to the list, or are you about done talking about that shit show from yesterday? I'm done talking about that shit show. I want to give a shout-out to Mike Greenberg. Um, I'm not going to officially put him on the list yet. Um, I'm going to. There was obviously that video that circulated um, about the different things that he said about the Dolphins compared to what he said about other people. Um, so I'll give Mike Greenberg uh, not a shout-out, but uh, just a, he's he's on my watch list. Um, and especially with the Jets week coming up, uh, I think that if we beat the Jets on uh, Sunday, you'll probably see me be adding my Greenberg to the list on Monday. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, but also to go with the uh, positive, going back to the positive vibes, next show, we're back to college picks. We have before between this weekend and our sh- Pick showed the week the next week we have one two three four five six seven eight nine or eight games excuse me eight bowl games that we can pick from so and it's all teams i do not believe we've talked about a lot maybe one or two so we get to talk about some interesting bowl games uh this week and i'm excited a lot of good bowl matchups dolphin fans i think it's time we sign out be pissed off today get drunk Go break stuff. Do not get a DUI, though, because that would be bad. And we're on to the Jets, and we got to get back in the right mindset. And, of course, as Jordan always says, keep a lookout at for at listpodcast.com for some articles. Jordan, you got any coming out this week? You got through that so cleanly. Great job, Brett. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll end up putting something out. I know AI is going to say... Um, I'll ask AI tomorrow to be frustrated about the Dolphins um, and see what it can come up with. Um, but really, uh, I love all the traction and the interaction we're getting on Twitter. Um, I love communicating with Dolphins Twitter. It's it's really a fun place. Um, unfortunately, sometimes Bills fans uh, find a way to break themselves in there and and get in there, and it's difficult to see, especially in days like today. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure some great content's going to come out. Um, as always, Mr. S is going to make his picks. Uh, he's in a little bit of a dark place, um, but I'll get with him and maybe pick some bowl games uh, and see if we can have some fun out there. Absolutely. But going on for everybody else now, it's onward and upwards for Zach and for Jordan. I'm Brett. This is the list. And remember, everybody, we are watching Zach hit that music.